season one of the LBSE Club podcast, Those Who Launched. I am your host, Eliana, and together we will be talking with a number of venture capitalists and founders from their portfolio to learn the tricks and challenges of building your own business. Sit back and three, two, one, lift off. My name is Yife, an MBA 2023, and I am passionate about deep tech venture capital. Over the next two episodes, I'll be speaking firstly to Francesco Pertacarari, who is about to launch a deep tech-focused fund and is an active driving member of the deep tech community here in London. In the second episode, I will be speaking to Mari Yaya, who is founder and CEO of Ori Industries, a distributed cloud platform for applications. Hopefully, these two episodes will show how exciting and attractive the deep tech scene is for current and aspiring investors and entrepreneurs. All right. Hi, hi Francesco. Uh, welcome to the LBS podcast. It's good to have you here and thanks for um, taking some time to, to chat to me about, about deep tech. How are you? Uh, very well. Thank you, Faye. Thank you for carrying me here. Uh, very excited to be talking to you about deep tech. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. We've, we've met a couple of times and, um, and I think um, there's, there's, a, there's a small but growing community of deep tech here in London. So um, it's good that uh, you're sort of one of the drivers of that. Because um, I think big, uh, and I'm sure you agree, deep tech is very much sort of um, the the next big thing that I think investors should really pay attention to. Um, I've got a few questions here, so let me just start off firstly with um, asking you: Can you give us just a quick overview of your background and and what you're doing here in London? Yeah, sure. So I'm a software engineer by background. I moved to London in 2011 at the start of my career, and then I just grew through the ranks, so to speak, uh, from you know. Uh, junior to more senior position, uh, and uh, that's my sort of education and and work life. Uh, parallel to that, I was fortunate to uh, organize a meetup that has now uh, become the largest tech meetup community in Europe, Sirigon Roundabout here in London, uh, that I run with my community co-founder Paul, and so alongside my technical career I've become a community builder through that and through that community having connected startups to the ecosystem and got more and more into the advanced technology startups either advanced software technology or material science hardware type of startups especially in the later years of the community uh, is what really got me back uh, into the excitement of building advanced technologies uh, and supporting the founders that do so but also uh, got me into ventures because, of course, the community was about connecting engineers and founders and it's still very much about that. However, uh, with the finishing of my of one of my last jobs and then having to decide what to do with my career and being at the time when COVID was hitting and effectively we couldn't meet in person anymore, I had to decide what to do with this community. Uh, and so right now, uh, I'm actually in the process of launching our first venture fund to back the most exciting and promising founders from the community and, and at the same time keeping the ecosystem alive uh, and so that the fund can be both the engine to keep the community going, to grow, actually grow and supercharge the community, but also on the other side, uh, joining these founders. Uh, and I guess, you know, on that note, for the last couple of years, uh, been making angel investments, whereas as soon as the fund launches, we'll be able to write larger checks and support the founders more. Cool. Sounds great. Um, what does what does deep tech mean to you? And how did you get 
involved, you sort of alluded to, I guess, your, your technical background. I guess that's kind of a natural way to get involved into deep tech. Um, but what does also deep tech mean to you personally? Hmm. That's a good question uh, because I actually, the, the funny story about the name is that uh, we, we, I mean, the, the community, we're just, you know, Silicon Roundabout, we're just the tech community. I myself have built anything from backend stack to databases to uh, machine learning um, algorithms. And I guess you could classify especially those ones into deep tech because, you know, it was novel technology. But uh, the reality is that I only started to use the, ter- the term more heavily in the last sort of year and a half or so. Uh, and it was all actually concurrent to launching this fund because the original idea I started to pitch friends and uh, people in the community was that we could have launched a fund to back the most advanced technology startups in the community. Uh, then people were asked explanation. And then eventually I just landed on deep tech like a comfort uh, term that people kind of grasps. They have an, a, a feeling of, you know, it's not the vanilla B2B SaaS tradition, SaaS traditional type of startup. Uh, it's not probably a marketplace. It probably relies on advanced engineering of sorts. Uh, and I think that's, you know, it's good enough. It conveys that picture. Uh, I think, you know, these days just by people writing what is deep tech, we've kind of come to a definition of it, which is again, advanced technologies requiring um, requiring engineering um, development and, and and breakthrough science of sorts um, in implementation uh, various people include chemistry biology as well as hardware as well as software which I think is good uh, in our community we focus on software and hardware and material science so we don't do any drug discovery that we're not really integrated into that bio type of verticals uh, but yeah, that's kind of uh, ultimately what I personally do and in general how I got into the use of deep tech word. Yeah. And would you say you're personally more involved in the, on the software side given, given your education and your background? Uh, I used to. Now I would say not really. Uh, it's actually more like 50-50. Uh, there is a, a caveat that I've been amateurly always passionate about physics uh, and that was kind of the other direction I could have taken it at, uh, you know, at uni that it didn't. I went into software engineering. Uh, I believe because of what we're seeing with the community, it, the community is also almost like giving us intel uh, into the type of companies that, and the trends that we see in the market. And I genuinely think that because hardware, material science, uh, in a way, has been underfunded and a lot of VCs and investors out there are not really prepared or geared up or, or, or serious about doing that investment at scale, I think there is an opportunity because whenever there is talent and there is an opportunity in the market, but there isn't enough funding, there is an opportunity. So because of that, yes, my background is more in the software and I love to do that and I see great deals there and we continue to support startups there. but. Uh, I'm dedicating just as much attention to the other side because it doesn't get enough of the attention, which means it's, it needs more support, uh, which is both an opportunity and, and a way of adding value to these companies. Yeah, 100%. I completely agree. So I, I also came from a, a more technical background and I, I've seen sort of colleagues who had really good ideas, but they didn't want to pursue it because they were worried about getting funding. Um, and as you know, in, in sort of cutting edge research and R&D, a lot of the initial funding comes from governments. Um, but 
grants and government and public sources of funding can only last so long. Um, the incentives aren't always aligned. And so you do really need to look out for private and, and venture funding to push those and, and drive those innovations through. And unfortunately, like you say, um, sometimes there's just a lack of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's good that I think investors are becoming more and more aware of what it takes to make a deep tech startup work. Yeah. And hopefully that will continue to grow in the future as well. Um, you mentioned Silicon Roundabout and that you're starting a, a venture, the venture arm of that. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit more about Silicon Roundabout Ventures? Yeah, so Silicon Roundabout Ventures uh, is a small uh, 10 million fund focused on deep tech, a pre-seed seed, uh, and effectively just sits at the core of the Silicon Roundabout community. Uh, as soon as it, at the moment, uh, we're in the process of launching it. Uh, we're working with our investors more on a kind of deal by deal basis, uh, and hopefully, in the upcoming uh, months, uh, we should be announcing the official launch. We've done four investment deals, uh, uh, including you know Ori. However, again, uh, that was my personal capital, so it was still an angel size check, so a small check. Uh, I was fortunate that people like Magdi allowed us to do the full due diligence uh, that is providing mm-hmm. extremely useful now, both in terms of demonstrating access to great founders that I super believe in um, and in the capacity to run a fund, not just invest in personal money, but actually run it professionally. Um, so this has been proving itself very valuable. Uh, and on this basis is what we're launching on. And that's where I'm at the moment. So the fund will sit at the, com- at the core of the community it would allow the community to continue to do pro bono support connection work with loads of funders. Uh, of course, it can only invest in a very few, uh, but uh, the idea is to invest in those where we can add the most value and there is a clear angle for an outsized venture, venture outcome. Um, but of course, irrespective of that, the community will continue to add value to as many as we can, not only the ones we'll invest in. Yeah, exactly. And do you have to be part of the Silicon Roundabout community to be able to participate in the venture arm or can it kind of be a, a more organic relationship? I mean, the, the thing happens no matter what, right? In the sense that the moment you reach out, we would invite you to, uh, to events and the moment you join the events, you would know about us. Uh, and so there is that, that synergy. Part of the work that I do with companies uh, could be, for example, introductions to other investors, especially follow-on investment uh, type of people in my network uh, when the time comes, or engineers if you're hiring, or community outreach and branding and presence. Uh, and, and all of that work is done. It starts slightly before the investment is done. So even in that case, uh, you, you start to use the community uh, you know, kind of in any way. Uh, and of course, if you're already part of the community, the process is, is vice versa. And also from an investment perspective, right now I'm actually working mostly with smaller investors or private investors like high net worth, family offices, and, and, and VCs that also do funds of funds activities because the idea is that all of the people that invest in, the fund, in this fund, they have effectively a stake in the community. Uh, they can participate in the upside of the community and ideally, they would join um, this and support this community because they're now part of it uh, as, with a stake in it. So whether you're on in, an investor in the fund or someone looking to get investment from the fund, if you're not already part of the community that you might anyway, uh, you would end up joining in just by the process of working with us. 
Yeah, 100%. I, I actually um, attended one of um, your events, I think, two months ago. And that's that's where I sort of first first met you. Um, and it was it was my first in-person pitch event here in London. And it was it was really cool how you got you got the the founders themselves pitching in person. They were really into it. I think one of them even had a demo. Um, and I just thought, you know, that that's something that you would never see at like a very large scale venture event. It was it was relatively sort of close knit. Um, and and it was just much more much more natural and engaging way to learn about people's ideas and, and see their passion as well at the same time. Yeah, hopefully. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that, that's, the, that's the goal. <laughs> and yeah. obviously getting out of COVID has been a bit tough. Uh, exactly. Because, of course, you know, we were offline, online for like two years. Uh, we're going st- to we're, we're gonna try as much as possible to retain the online part. Uh, we're actually going through a redesign of the online website, for example. But uh, th- it's nice to be back in person. Let, let's put it that way. I think there is something when in, that happens when you can actually meet people um, that just this magic and you can't replicate that fully online. Yeah, agreed. Um, now this question might, this next question might be one of the most difficult ones. Um, deep tech is understandably very difficult for VCs given the amount of risk and often very long commercial frames. What do you think can be done to encourage more VCs to invest in deep tech and de-risk these opportunities? Hmm. Um, most VCs act like sheep anyway, so as soon as some of us start to get insane returns, other will try to jump in on the on the bandwagon. I mean, we've mm-hmm. seen it with the whole, you know, blockchain space that has become more hype than 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 anything else. Uh, and it's not because there isn't any value in the technology underneath, but it's just that uh, people tend to catch up. I don't think deep tech necessarily will will undergo that level of fast growth in interest but the mathematics is the same um, because with software that's pretty much what happened i mean the very first wave of vcs back in the valley uh, were effectively back in computer startups that then became internet startups that then became platform startups and that has been the current wave that i guess has reached the very highest pinnacle of valuations and hype and vcs investing in uh, probably last year uh, at this point since the market is taking a different direction now and so i think that whilst that's going to continue because it's not that the first wave died and the other one died it's just the other other waves of interest took over uh, i think that right now deep tech is in a great place to be because technologies can actually be commercialized and we started to see the first unicorns in the market they rely on advanced technologies we've seen in the uk the likes of dark trace we've seen in america the likes of crowdstrike palantir so that's more the machine learning and now we're going um, we're seeing at the seed stage and scale up stage companies working with fusion working with semiconductors but a new version of semiconductors you know the new wave and i think once once this start to catch on and some of us new vcs in the space make insane returns and some of the companies make insane returns that's going to attract the more generalist investors um, and so again there's going to be another wave and another uptrend and then the market repeats itself yeah yeah exactly i i currently work in um in the quantum space and um just in the last six or nine months uh there's been three quantum computing companies that have ipo'd obviously the, the share prices has suffered a little bit given recent times um but it is exciting to see new industries sort of 
slowly emerging. Uh, and like you said, very, very technology-based companies that really have a lot of potential, um, even if, if markets are still kind of figuring out exactly what the business models look like, what the customers look like. Yeah, I think, you know, yeah, you're right. I mean, I think, for example, Arkit, you know, going public, uh, you know, shows that it's possible. And of course, they took advantage of the SPAC environment. Uh, that was something that probably we're not going to see as high this year, but uh, it just shows that uh, the companies like this can go public. And I think over time, once we go past this downtrend that, you know, Nobody knows, knows exactly how long it's going to be, but everybody knows it's going to finish because everything is cyclical. Uh, at that point, the companies that prove themselves and prove the models will validate uh, deep tech uh, on, on that level of scale. Yeah. What's the, personally, what's the most exciting area of technology uh, that, that you see emerging right now? Hmm. Uh, well, energy is an easy win. Uh, because everybody is aware of the pain points from the electrification that is now catching on to the masses and governments are forcing it to go even faster than what it would normally go without the resources to be there. On the other side, having still so many backwards processes and pollution and everything else that people are aware of now, so there is so much demand to to fix those uh, from the energy then trickling down to the whole climate spectrum. Uh, of course, what I would call the new wave of computation, that quantum is part of, but I would say it's the whole spectrum. You've got new semiconductors companies that are providing from the photonics implementation of semiconductors to the type of semiconductors that create new type of machine learning to neuromorphic chips that are now starting to be tested uh, to quantum computing. So I think there is, and obviously all the software that needs to be built on top of this infrastructure. So you've got all of that. Uh, and then you have, uh, again, new new ways, new algorithms uh, that keep coming more on the software space, but that basically can piggyback on, on new hardware, new types of technologies to take it to the next level, so to speak. Uh, and so we're still, we're still seeing new discoveries happening, even in the software world, like, for example, uh, you know, in the cancer therapeutic world, where big data is now starting to show some uh, very interesting, novel results uh, at commercial level, not just pure research level. Uh, and so, yeah, I think with these three, you know, the new type of computation, everything concerning energy and, and climate impacting hardware and in particular and material science uh, and the sort of new capabilities the softwares can finally experiment with, partly because of the new hardware. Uh, I think there are three very exciting um, trends. Cool, cool. Um, and last question for you today. It's it's great to see a real emerging community of deep tech here in London. Um, and you're, like I said before, you're one of the sort of key drivers of that. Just the other week, you hosted the first deep tech networking drinks. Uh, I think it was at Holborn. And, uh, and the yeah. turnout was great. Um, there, there were a lot of people for a, sort of a, a small room. So hopefully next time you can uh, you can organize a, a, a larger room for all of us. Um, <laughs> we'll try. Um, I wanted to ask what's next in terms of events or activities um, on your agenda in order to foster a greater sense of community engagement for deep tech enthusiasts, whether it's investors, entrepreneurs, or those working at deep tech startups. Well, the Silicon Roundabout meetups are back fully at this point. I don't see COVID disrupting it again. So every month we meet uh, on our website, you know, siliconroundabout.tech, you see the events, you can come. On the VC group side, uh, it all started almost as a joke. Uh, it was Chloe, Francesco, and I were just 
thinking about doing it. And then we actually did it. We put friends and connections onto a WhatsApp group and we invite everybody to the first drinks. And that happened. So now I guess we have the burden of taking it forward. Uh, we're organizing the next one and we're going to keep doing it. So uh, that's definitely happening. Um, I think I'm seeing all of the incubators, accelerators also starting to go back in person. So I think um, that's, uh, that, that, that's definitely there. Also, more emerging managers are coming to the, to, the, to the market and some of them are about deep tech. It's not just my fund that is coming up. Obviously, we have our own community edge, but there are other flavors and other types of, of investors across Europe. And so, for example, you know, I'm now helping out organize uh, an emerging manager. Um, well, it's not really a conference. It's, it's a get-together type of thing. Uh, and so I think on that front, there's going to be more VCs focused on different areas of deep tech or deep tech in general. And then there's going to be meetups finally getting back in, in person. We're definitely going back in person. And then incubators and accelerators restarting to open their doors, um, which I also think is going to be exciting. Okay, great. That, that sounds sounds really cool. And it's, it's a great time, like you said, to be involved in deep tech um, for anyone who's interested. Um, we're out of time. Thanks, Francesco. It's been a good chat. Um, and thanks again for being on the LBS podcast. No, thank you for hosting, hosting me. <laughs> cool. Ciao. All right, then. Bye.